0: Welcome to a time of worship and prayer to connect with our Creator, heart, soul, and mind. In Matthew 22, the Sadducees ask Jesus what the greatest commandment is. His answer is twofold. He replies, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. The second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself so friends this time is a time set aside for us to worship and pray not only with our minds but with our hearts and our souls so that we can be transformed from the inside out and love our neighbors as ourselves my hope with these weekly meditations is to give us space to reflect on what we heard in this sermon on sunday How do we take what we heard and know in our heads to be true and let it transform our hearts into the likeness of Christ? So wherever you are, I just invite you to take a deep breath in through your nose and let it out through your mouth. In through the nose and out through the mouth. One more time, inhale through the nose. Seal the lips and exhale through the nose continue breathing with your own rhythm of breath inhaling and exhaling through the nose Genesis 2 7 says then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature So as you're here, just breathing in and out through the nose, I invite you to take a moment to give thanks to the one who gave you that breath and know that he is as close to you as your next breath. As you're here, I just invite you to begin to notice what your breath is like. Where do you feel your breath in your body? What is the pace of your breath? Maybe begin to feel the temperature or quality of your breath. As you breathe in, can you invite your breath to come all the way down to the bottom of your belly? Let your ribs expand, let your belly expand. And then as you breathe out, imagine that you're emptying a balloon, releasing that stale air that no longer serves you, making room for fresh, life-giving oxygen. And then just continue to let each breath become a little longer and a little slower than the last. And now let's just begin to notice your body. If you're seated in a chair, I invite you to plant your feet firmly on the ground and sit up nice and tall. Or maybe you're walking as you're listening to this. If so, just begin to notice your feet as they move along the ground. Whatever you're doing and wherever you are, relax your shoulders away from your ears, relax your jaw, and just continue to breathe deeply the breath of life. To connect our minds to our hearts and our souls, we're going to practice breath prayer. This practice of breath prayer is the intentional linking of our breath with a word or a short phrase. Our breathing is something that comes naturally. It's automatic, continuous, and involuntary. And when we let our inhales and our exhales represent an intentionally chosen prayer, we begin to live out Paul's instructions in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 to pray without ceasing. So in the quiet of your heart, on your next inhale, whisper, I will walk and exhale in faithful obedience. Inhale, I will walk and exhale in faithful obedience. Take a moment to just breathe and pray it out with your own rhythm of breath, inhaling, I will walk and exhaling in faithful obedience. This week, Aaron talked about Revelation chapter 12 on the woman and the dragon. Revelation chapter 12 says, And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains in the agony of giving birth and another sign appeared in heaven behold a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and on his heads seven diadems his tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth and the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she bore her child he might devour it she gave birth to a male child one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron But her child was caught up to God and to his throne, and the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives, even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to take place where she is to be nourished for a time and times and half a time. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood. But the earth came to help the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured from his mouth. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring on those who keep the commandments of god and hold to the testimony of jesus and he stood on the sand of the sea friends as i've said in the past weeks in this series there is so much in each of these sermons that i feel nervous about writing this meditation so what i'm going to share is what stood out to me the most from this sermon as aaron preached he talked about ezekiel 28 and isaiah 14 and said that what john is doing in the book of revelation is using the old testament to make his case that instead of thinking about the future the first readers of this book are drawn back to the text and the text says that there has always been a great war and it will happen in the future but we are part of something today. Not some future thing, but we are part of something today. Friends, this is what drew me to Aaron's preaching in the first place. I remember when he first got here and talked about how the message of the Bible isn't for some glad morning. When this life is o'er, I'll fly away. But this is a book for today and about how I should live my life so that I can bring heaven crashing down to earth. And I loved this message. I feel like the Christianity I was raised with was a how do I get out of hell type of faith. Like a how do I accept Jesus as my savior but still look and act like the rest of the world? Which if I'm honest, that's why I didn't pursue a relationship with Jesus when I was younger because I thought I had my ticket out of hell because I had said yes to Jesus, but my life didn't look like that. And friends, what Jesus is calling to us is not that type of faith. He's calling us to a total transformation of our hearts so that we look like Jesus while we are here on earth. It's about how do we bring heaven crashing down to earth and that this message from the book of Revelation is no different this is a call to action so as aaron preached about the dragon from revelation chapter 12 he pointed us back to genesis chapter 3. specifically genesis three fifteen, that says i will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel Aaron reminds us the original readers of this book were Jewish and that the rabbis taught that Genesis 3.15 happens in fulfillment as we are walking in our faith. Aaron said, as we are walking in our faith, the snake is in the grass and he comes to strike your heel. But if you are walking and the snake tries to strike, he misses and I crush his head. He then said, So how are you going to crush the head of the snake? We don't even know. But as we walk in our faith, God's promise is that he will do it through our faithfulness. You've got to walk in faithfulness because as you do, God uses that to conquer the works of Satan in the world. Friends, this is so encouraging and yet so vague. As we all want to know each exact step and how we get to the end of the story. But that's the beauty of your relationship with Christ. He gives you just enough to take the next step in faithful obedience. And then the next step. And then the next. He doesn't tell you the whole story. He tells you just enough for the next step. And our faithful obedience requires us to be dependent on him and listen to him each and every day, asking him where to walk. And as Aaron said, we have to keep walking. We can't just stand there. So friends, I ask you today, what does your walk with Christ look like? Are you even walking at all? Or are you sitting on the sidelines waiting for some glad morning when this life is over? Is your walk one where you're asking him to speak to you about each decision in your life and only doing what he wants you to do or are you trying to go your own way or maybe you're just starting out in your walk with christ and you have no idea what walking with christ even looks like if that's you that's okay i'd love to encourage you as you walk so feel free to reach out with me to connect Friends, I just wanna encourage you that wherever you are, it's okay. That's your unique starting path. So start there and know that God is inviting you to walk the path that he has laid out for your life. So Father God, I just thank you. I thank you that we are part of something today, that right here, right now, you are calling each and every one of us to walk in faithful obedience, the path that you have laid out for us. Lord, I pray for perseverance, strength, and endurance for each person listening to keep walking and to not stand still. And Lord, I pray for those that don't know what walking with you looks like to have the courage to reach out and find community to help them get started on their walk. Lord, it's in your precious name that I pray. Amen.